This is Becky and Millhaven. Just saying. I'm Tom Becker. I'm McGraw Millhaven. And apparently, we're huge in Tucson. So let's give really? a shout Give a shout-out to got, our friends in Tucson. Yeah, yeah I've got some, uh, some new demo information about the podcast. And uh, St. Louis is our number one market. Omaha, uh, number two. And then Tucson. For some reason, Tucson is, uh, is big. People, uh, and then, of course, we got Russian bots who are monitoring our every word. So know? who cares about the Russian bots? Yeah. Keeping, it, keeping it real in Tucson, people. Keeping it real. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so what's new with you? By the way, if you hear noise in the background... Uh, during the podcast, I'm having a new furnace and air conditioner put in the house. Mm. So they're working on that right now. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I'm just trying to explain. If you hear some hammering in the background, that's what's going on. You know, speaking of heating and cooling, do you know that back in the East Coast, and I grew up with this, I just sort of forgot it. It's it's oil, right? It's 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 heating oil. Yeah. And so they come to your house and they fill the tank up with oil on a monthly basis or whatever. That's how they heat their homes on the East Coast. Well, and my, I remember growing up in Cleveland, I'd go to my grandparents' house, and they had a shoot for, like, coal. You know, yeah. they were just going, you know, uh, put the coal in the basement. Um, how weird that, is that? Yeah. yeah you know, uh, and I've got an old house. I mean, my house is, like, 110 years old or so, and uh, I think it was initially heated with uh, whale blubber. I think how this was initially heated. Uh, but do you ever uh, see? Do you, ever, you know, no, no joking aside. Do you ever see the movie uh, "In the Heart of the Sea," which was uh, a book, and they turned it. Uh, Ron Howard turned it into the movie, and it's the true story behind Moby Dick. So Herman Melville hears of this story and fictionalizes it for Moby Dick. And so they wrote the book In the Heart of the Sea, which is the true story. And then Ron Howard, a couple of years ago, turns it into a movie. And at the end of the movie, it's all about them searching for whales for the whale oil to heat the lanterns and everything. And at the end of the movie, um, the guy playing Herman Melville, it's a wonderful movie. Chris Hemsworth in it. It's uh, directed by Ron Howard. And, And at the end of the movie, the Herman Melville character turns to the seaman and says, hey, is it is it true? that they found oil in the ground? And he goes, yeah, apparently they found oil in the ground. The guy says, wow, that's really weird. We're not gonna, we're gonna get oil from the ground and not from, from whales. That's really weird. And it was just interesting how, that's how we got oil was from, 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 from whales and not from the ground. I really hope it was acted out better than you just portrayed it. I, I, really? I really, Yeah. Really, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, is weird. that is weird, you know, now, and someday, someday they'll look back on, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, drilling for oil as being weird, you know, because with the alternative uh, resources and everything and renewable resources, as they take more and more um, uh, of the, uh, the, uh, the, I guess, the uh, burden of supplying our power needs. That's the thing about this, you know, it, it seems, and we'll get off on some other topics in a second here, but. It seems to me that, you know, you got all these people, it's like either or on everything, it's like all, all or nothing. And it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, we still need natural gas and oil, petroleum, but that doesn't mean that we get rid of uh, windmills. doesn't mean we get rid of solar. doesn't mean we get rid of nuclear. They all play a part. Oh, now you're talking like Obama, all of the above. Oh, that's so you. 
Way to slip in your liberal agenda on this oh, uh, talk show. See, that's uh, the point uh, I was trying to make. Well, how about this? How about this? GM, GM said that they're going to stop selling gas-powered cars by 2035. Yeah. Now, I, I, I guess the technology is going to be there, but I, I mean, really? I mean, they're already starting to sell trucks that are that are um, that are. Uh, uh, powered by by battery i i just don't i don't get it but apparently that's what they say and i mean that's gonna if if i think there's what seven or eight percent of the cars on the streets now are um evs right i went i went to a shopping center the other day and there were cars lined up that were plugged in getting their batteries charged and they were sitting in the car reading their phones i was like oh is this the are the new normal you're going to go and charge your your car for 20, 30 minutes a day. Uh, I mean, it's a different world, but it's happening. Well, I think I told you, you know, I do, you know, the real estate that I'm, that I also do with better homes and gardens, real estate, the good life group. If you're in Omaha, give me a call 402-321-9590. Um, uh, that I'm showing houses now where people are uh, interested and, and concerned about, they want to see new build, new construction. They're putting 220 into the garages so people can power their electric vehicles. 220, 221, whatever it takes. Yeah, okay. So, um, so okay, so we got the elephant is in the room. We got to talk about this. Don't we? Do we? Oh, let me ask you this, because you, you're doing daily talk radio. You're doing daily talk radio. What type of calls are you getting on Trump? Because my, my, my theory is, my guess is, is that people are just so over him that even though yesterday was a very important historical day, that in reality... The average Joe on the street is just over it and doesn't give a shit. Oh, there, there, a there's, there's, a, there's a sensory overload to Trump. And um, you've got his hardcore supporters who will follow him to the ends of the earth. And then I think there's the rest of us who are basically saying, wake me up when it's, you know, when you have news. But I found myself yesterday watching it. Um, I don't know what I was watching because I was watching other media take pictures of cars driving back and forth because you really didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the spectacle of the uh, of the whole thing. I, you know, it's nobody's mind is going to be changed. Um, it's a it's the Republican Party is in some weird place where it's it's a cult of personality. But are you going to tell me that there's nobody else in the Republican Party? who can bring all of Donald Trump's policies without the baggage. And these people who support Donald Trump will only support Donald Trump and nobody else in the history of mankind. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any so sense. So weird. No, no, you're right. It doesn't make any sense, but that, but that is what's going on right now. I mean, I, I think I, I don't know if I talked about this or not. Uh, when I was coming back from Scotland a couple of weeks ago, I'm uh, sitting there at O'Hare, O'Hare into Omaha, right? Waiting to, fly back into the last stretch here, fly back at home. And a guy comes up to me, and I, some stranger, I didn't know him, but he recognized me. And he comes up to me and he says, uh, you know, if Trump gets arrested, there's going to be a civil war. And so I you know, talked to this guy. I said, you know, well, are you willing to die in a civil war? We had this conversation. But this guy actually said, and that blew my mind when he said, he said that, you know, that Trump was a god. He thinks that Trump is a god. You know, and, and by the way, this was... This was a guy that otherwise it looked like a you know a decent, nice, everyday guy, guy you wouldn't mind having as a neighbor, 
you know, but to him, Trump is a god. And 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 just blows my mind. I I cannot fathom that. On the other hand, he probably can't fathom why I don't see that. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't. I mean, it's a, it's a cult of personality. It's it's not a political party. It's a cult of personality. And and in what universe would you be running in a primary with three or four other people and one of them gets arrested and the three other people running against him start praising him for getting arrested? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the cops. It's the cops that you got to watch out there. Yeah, I know. You're running against this guy, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence. Why are you sticking up for this man? Because they don't, they don't want to upset that fringe. My commentary last night during the news uh, was was that you know I've seen a lot of these historic days. You know, I mean, I was a kid in second grade when JFK got assassinated. You know, Nixon's uh, resignation, all, all these you know historic days, and I've seen it. And the nation has survived, and the nation will survive Donald Trump. But will the Republican Party? survived Donald Trump. And I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, uh, there it's a the 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 civil war is on full dis- display. All you have to do is look at Marjorie Taylor Greene on Sunday on 60 Minutes. You know, forget the yelling at Leslie Stahl for the interview. What did Marjorie Taylor Greene? She went after Mitch McConnell. She went after Mitt. I mean, worse than she went after Joe Biden. I mean, the party is at war with itself and yeah. the traditional Ronald Reagan Republican Party is losing right now to the Donald Trump wing. And and on top of that, Wisconsin, this Wisconsin Supreme Court race, this is now the second conservative state that basically voted to legalize abortion. Right. Kansas, Kansas, a very, you know, conservative state voted in an off-year election to legalize abortion. Wisconsin and this uh, Supreme Court race, basically it was all about ab- abortion. And so I, I think the parties are realigning. It's it's obvious they're they're realigning. We're just in the middle of it. I, I was at a uh, charity fundraiser this past weekend and I met some nice people. We were having conversations and, you know, the it, it took a while. It wasn't the first thing out right of the shoot. But um, after the uh, after Iowa uh, won their basketball game Friday night, uh, the, the topic of Trump came up, and I'm there with these suburban women uh, who have just said, "No, you know, they may never vote for a Republican again." You know, and and uh, they were they were voting a Republican before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah these were these were your basic your basic soccer mom, you know, suburban women. Right. West Omaha suburban women. And they're saying that they may never vote for him again, a vote, vote Republican again. And uh, my, my uh, I voted Republican for a few local elections, but uh, it's hard. It's hard when you see these people that have just become part of that cult of personality, which I just don't get. All right, hold that thought. Uh, speaking of soccer moms and suburban women, I want to talk about Jill Biden. Can we talk about Jill Biden after the break? Uh, Yeah, let's uh, take a quick break here. Then McGraw will talk about Jill Biden for some unknown reason. I'm as curious as you are. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with you. This is Beck and Milhaven just saying on the Big 550 KTRS and also wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. Beck and Milhaven just saying here uh, on the Big 550 KTRS, also our podcast, which you can get 
anywhere you get your fine podcasts. We're available uh, Spotify, iHeart, um, Apple, you know, iTunes, all all those places where you can get Beck and Millhaven just saying. And then please spread the word, like it, share it. If you enjoy this, you know, let your friends know. Have them make this a part of your weekly listening enjoyment as we try to, just like you, as we try to make sense of this crazy world. And those of you in Tucson, spread the word. So there you go. All so, right, let's so Joe Biden. What's, what's the deal with Joe Biden? Joe Biden. Okay, so you saw where Iowa lost to LSU in the Women's National Championship, right? Right. Uh, LSU had a flamboyant coach who wore flamboyant outfits, and the team was mostly made up of African-American women. Mm-hmm. The Iowa team uh, starred that Caitlin Clark, who was a phenomenon, fantastic, but that was a predominantly white team. And uh, was it Monday? Jill Biden came out and said, oh, my goodness, it was so, oh, they played so well. I'm going to ask Joe to invite Iowa to the White House as well, because both teams deserve an opportunity to go to the White House. Right. I'm sorry. I don't know what you call it. I don't know if that's racism or white privilege or whatever else, but clearly it is a nod to the white team who played really hard and they deserve to go to the White House. If LSU had lost and Iowa had won, would Jill Biden have said, oh, you know, they LSU was so much fun to watch and play toward. They should be invited to. And Jill Biden should be called out for the white privilege comment of wanting to invite Iowa. Now, as it turned out, LSU and their head player, this uh, angel woman, was like, no, they're not coming. We won. Caitlin Clark, the woman from uh, Iowa, said, well, no, 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 we're not going. We didn't win. So the teams played it off. But Jill Biden, I'm sorry, that I don't know if it's white privilege or if it's something, but clearly those comments. Okay, were okay. Made, no, yeah, no, no, no. You go. Okay, no. I'm sorry. I got to call BS on this. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now. I know that Jill Biden was at the Friday night game. I don't know. Was she also at Monday? Or, or, or there, I don't know. I don't know. Also what at Sunday's game? I don't know. So I, I know that she was at the Friday night game. I don't know if she was at the Sunday game, the championship game. So she saw Caitlin Clark play. Yeah. And let's face it. Caitlin Clark is an amazing player. Yes, she is. Right? Okay. All right. And Iowa is also a state that the Democrats need. Okay, so I mean, from a point of view, politically, it made sense to invite Iowa as well. They, they also need also, Louisiana. Oh, huh? They also need Louisiana. Oh, but yeah, but Louisiana is more of a red state, and and so it became a, in my mind. It was like, oh look, I was at that game Friday, and uh, I know these all these girls did such a great job. It's too bad. I don't I don't know that it was white privilege. I mean. Uh, if you want to make an argument about the uh, the the hand gesture, uh, you know between Caitlin um, uh, Clark and what's her name, Angel. Uh... Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, but yeah, Caitlin. I mean, look, women trash talking. Who knew? Oh my goodness, right? Uh, get over yourself. She was she was trash talking. That happened. Next thing too. you know, these women will be talking about sex. Next thing you know, they'll be you know. Uh, anyway, um, but no, look, it's they didn't. She didn't do it because she thought, oh, you know what? We should invite Iowa because that might garner us a few votes. She did it because Caitlin Clark is white and she is 
No, um, she did not. Yes, she did. Not, no, and not, and she didn't do it. She didn't do it consciously. She, she did it subconsciously that this white team deserves to win. And so it, let's let's put it this way: if Iowa would have won, I'm convinced she wouldn't have said LSU should also be invited to the White House. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, but I don't know that it's a racist thing, and that that's where I, I don't think it. I, but I don't know if it's racist. It's, Wait, it's but you're something. insinuating that it is. It's white it's, privilege. No, it's, I'm insinu. I mean, uh, yeah, it's white privilege isn't isn't racism. Um, it's discrimination. It's it's something. I don't know if it's racist, but it's something. It's something that has to do with the subconscious of a white basketball player who's quote unquote all American, and the black team that isn't quote unquote the american looking team and that's what i'm saying and and it was it's a prejudice it's a built-in prejudice it's a subconscious pres um uh uh something but it's it's in there and i'm just pointing it out as if and if you talk to people you talk to people and you talk to liberals and who are and or uh you know teachers and and everything else critical race theory and or whatever else. And if they were honest, they would admit that there's some type of discrimination and or derogatory comments in Jill Biden's comments about inviting Iowa to the to the White House. Um, That's all I'm saying. Well, thank you for your analysis, Dr. Freud. Um, I'm here. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, look, is it possible? Yeah, I guess so. But I also think if you look at everything through the prism of race, then then it never gets solved. You know, I mean, look, this could have just been, she got caught up in the moment and said, boy, it's too bad that Iowa lost after the, the tough performance they had and the job that Caitlin Clark did. Too bad they lost. And that's, you know, I mean, it's, it's maybe it's more, more, more of the, the whole liberal participation ribbon uh, kind of a, a mood mindset, you know, where uh, the liberal, uh, uh, oh, we don't really want... We don't really want winners and losers. We want everyone to be equal. You know, maybe that's more of it than a racist issue. You know, and, and but I think that the racist issue is the easy one to go to, and the white privilege issue easy one to go to, and it's you know the uh, it's a it's a lazy argument to make. I mean, if you take a look at you know just that. Uh, look, look, let, let, let me say this: If Donald Trump would have said, "Hey, let's invite Iowa." to the White House, it would be a racist thing. If a Republican- There's a history there. That's a different issue though. There's a history there. uh, But my point is, my point is, if Ted Cruz would have said it, if Josh Hawley would have said it, if Donald Trump would have said it, it would have been a racist thing. But because there's no history with, with Jill Biden, then it's not. My point is, is that one, race has to do with everything. And any good critical race theory professor would tell you that. And two, you got to call out the liberals as well as the conservatives when you see it. And your own bias, if you're sitting here thinking to yourself, McGraw's full of it, it's your own bias in looking at this as a commentator, why you don't realize it's discriminatory. Well, no, no. Look, I'm not saying it's not possible that that's what it is. But I am saying that you don't know what was in her mind. It could have just been something, you know, just uh, got caught up in the moment thing and just said, oh, it's too bad that it had to be losers. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like you know, that, 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 that maternal 
that maternal, ah, oh, your little kid loses a little league. Oh, that's too bad. Hey, let's go get an ice cream cone anyway, sort of a thing. You know, yeah, if I if mean, she would have, right, if she would have, if Iowa would have won, and she would have invited. I don't know LSU. if my aunt, if, if, if my aunt had testicles, would she be my uncle? I mean, come on. You know, I mean that that's it's a hypothetical. It is you're, a hypothetical. You're giving, you're giving me a hypothetical, and there's no way of knowing that. Uh, but uh, you're right. You're right. It's a hypothetical. Uh, but I'm telling you that it, if if this were reversed, it, she they wouldn't have done it. And 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 I don't. I mean, when else in the history of mankind, since Ronald Reagan started invent, uh, inviting champions to the White House, has the loser been invited? Never. Well, you're right there. As far as I know, you're right there. But I believe that I believe that the the winners were going to the White House long before Reagan. Okay. But uh, I said Fine. something there. I said something there, and as I said it, it's like, wow, that is something that that uh, was a saying that was so like so 1980s. When I said, if your aunt had uh, if your aunt had testicles, would she be your uncle? And I say that because you and I, before this podcast, we're talking. Uh, you interviewed uh, on your radio show uh, this morning. You interviewed some transgender women. Three transgender women. That is correct. And and it is almost sometimes like okay, well that that saying that was was true maybe you know like in the eighties or whatever in, in two thousand twenty three. Well, what what yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you say? I mean, what I say. What I said there was completely politically incorrect. Yes. Um, and, and I'm sure the people in Tucson will be writing me nasty uh, emails about it. I'll be writing you nasty emails. But it is interesting in that, in that we're, you know, this different world that we're living in right now. And, and you were talking about one of the transgender women that you were talking to, that she froze her sperm, which is just a sentence that you never thought you'd say. <laughs> right? She, she froze her she, sperm. She so froze her sperm, know. and then she is going to have gender reassignment surgery. I don't know the correct terminology, so that she could have a child, so she could be the father of her child in the future when she's a woman. But but what what I thought was even more interesting in this interview that you can hear on KTRS.com is that they all agreed, and hold on to your hats for this one. They all agreed that there are some teenagers today who are experimenting with transgender they don't know and so they're searching and so they might be seeking it out because they're curious they said they're not transgender but they're curious about it and they might go back they said but they also said if you're transgender you know well we we know we're transgender but they also said that there are a number of people who they believe who are curious. How, and, how, old were these, how old were these women that you interviewed? Oh, uh, one was in her 60s, one was in her 50s, and one was in her 20s. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I'm curious, like the 50s and 60-year-old women, you know, what gave them, the I'm sure they lived their lives as a man most of their life. Yeah. What gave them the courage then to make the transition? Um, well, again, speaking, not speaking for them, I'm kind of paraphrasing them and you can listen to their own words on this. Um, I think they said that, um, uh, their wisdom as, as they got older, they just didn't care to pretend to be something they weren't. And with age came wisdom and they decided I'm, I'm living a lie and I want to live as a woman. 
uh, the one who was 21, she said that when she was three or four, she just knew and that her parents were um, very supportive in every way, shape or form. She has two other, I think, sisters who are heterosexuals, and it's a very accepting, loving family. Okay, so, and again, I, 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 none of this, I, if I say something wrong, I mean, no disrespect. Oh, they also, they, also said, they also said that they didn't care uh, a rat's backside about pronouns. They were like, we don't care if it's he or she, or they're like, we don't care. And then they were like, Pride Nights at hockey games? Because there's a big controversy down here in St. Louis about the Blues aren't going to have the team wear the rainbow jerseys. They were like, mm-hmm. who, who cares? Who, what, what does that matter if the Blues have a Pride Night? Just, just n- nobody cares. It's a, it's, I don't care one way or the other whether the Blues have a Pride Night or not. Well, I want to I wanna, uh, get, get to uh, that in, in a second or so. Because uh, I'd also talk about St. Louis and Budweiser, uh, which I want to talk about that in a second. But, but my, 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 my question with this is, you know, I mean, so they, they lived their life, most of their life, these older transgender women, as a man. So when they change their gender, do they also, like, I assume they stay with the same sexuality. If they were, if they were heterosexual, if they were heterosexual before, they probably still like women. And if they were gay, they probably still like men, right? I mean, is that? Well, I, I, again, not not speaking for all of transgender community. Yeah. Not that I am their spokesperson. Um, but, and I think each one is different, but I asked one of them who was born a male, who dresses as a female, lives his life as a female, um, uh, believes himself, to, uh, um, prefers uh, men. So he's, he doesn't know why he's, he prefers men, but he likes to dress as a woman. So, yeah, I, it just, and you worry about the time. So, so, so he was, he was gay before, but now she's heterosexual. Well, he, he never, he never called himself gay. He just said that he feels like he feels more comfortable in as dressing as a woman. He like you like I like to dress up in my favorite. Yeah, shirt. but okay, you but like, there's a, you like to dress up but, as your favorite shirt when you dress up. But there's a difference. Like, there's a difference between transsexuals and transvestites. You know, a transvestite just likes to dress as a woman. Yes. You know, transsexual you know is a woman. There's a difference. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Put, put, portrays themselves as a woman. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. So, I mean, look, I mean, it's it's look, the other the other thing was that um, we talked about, you know, the bullying and somebody said, I've never been bullied once in my life. Now, they were older. They came out when they were older. The younger one who was uh, 21, you know, she told harrowing stories about, you know, growing up and being a somewhat effeminate male and being bullied in school and teachers kind of looked the other way. And, you know, kids picked on them in the halls and you know, was really very difficult just trying to get through normal life because they were so ostracized. For, well, for I, being... I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I mean, teenage years are tough enough as it is. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine, you know, what a transgender person must be going through, you know, and they're trying to figure out just who they are. Yeah, I can't no, imagine heart, that. heartbreaking. It's got to be, be brutal. got to be brutal. Let's uh, time for another quick break here. Uh, but when we return, I want to talk to you. mentioned St. Louis and what St. Louis is doing with like a Pride Night and stuff like that. St. Louis is also the uh, home of Budweiser. And Budweiser finds himself in a bit of a controversy right now 
when it comes to transgenderism. So let's take a quick break here. More in a moment. This is Becca and Miss ha- Becca and Mil- Miss Haven. No, Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. On the big was that a transgender joke. I know. I don't know what. No. Just I started to say just saying before I got Millhaven out of the way. Right. Becca and Millhaven. Just saying on the big five fifty. KTRS. We are back. This is Becca Millhaven just saying. I'm Tom Becca. He's McGraw Millhaven. So we're talking about transgenderism before the break, which wasn't a break if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, Talk about that before the break. And uh, Budweiser finds himself in a bit of a controversy, whereas they've had a, they they got a, a transgender spokesperson and some of the far right don't like that. Kid Rock went and took a automatic weapon and uh, started firing at cases of Bud Light. Uh, I've seen other people on social media. Hold on a second. They have a they have a transgender spokesman. I mean, like they have a spokesman to speak to the transgender community, or the person who's their spokesman happens to be transgender. Um. Well, I guess it's a uh, little bit of both. I mean, there's a spokesperson, the spokesperson is transgender, and this is one of those. This is one of those social media influencers, you know, somebody that's got a gazillion followers on social media. Okay. And and, uh, and uh, Budweiser uh, has uh, included. So her. it's a com- it's a commercial that 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 uh, Bud Light has or, or Budweiser has. Is that what it is? Who who has a transgender person in it? I don't think it's a commercial that you'll see during a football game, but I think that it's some targeted marketing towards okay. the community. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Is, is my right. guess. Is my guess. All right. Um, you know, uh, I've not I've not seen any ads. Uh, if uh. If, if they're out there, but I have seen the stuff on social media where this person, um, and I forget her name, but uh, matter of fact, Budweiser went and had a can made specifically for her with her face on it. And it's Budweiser trying to say, hey, look, you know what? Yeah, we're we're all inclusive here, which is alienated of any on the far right that say, well, then, you know, you, you may be all inclusive, but you don't want me, um, which just seems so. See, this whole thing just seems so silly to me. And maybe I'm the outlier here. Maybe I'm the naive one in this case. It just seems so silly. Let people live their lives. In the land of the free, you know, don't don't say, if you like Bud Light, don't stop drinking it because, you know, you don't like one of the people that are endorsing it. it, it Boy, so, so Kid Rock is so upset that Budweiser has a commercial with a transgender person uh targeting transgender people to drink their product he's so upset that he took guns or shots to budweiser yeah yeah there were there were cases of budweiser he's out there on his acreage takes out the uh i don't know if it's AK, I don't know if it's a assault weapon or whatever takes it out and just starts blowing up these uh cases of bud bud light you know being tough macho guy it sounds like kid rock needs to <laughs> take a step back he's holding on a little too tight here I mean, really? That that's what he's so upset over. Are you saying he thinks he doth pro- pro- protest too much? Uh, I mean, really? That's what you're so upset over? Is that a company is marketing themselves to a subgroup? And I mean, that would be like that would be like hiring Kid Rock to promote Budweiser to you know, right? Musical fans. I mean, that's what you do. What's the yeah. big deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's. And then the transgender person firing on Budweiser because how dare they use Kid Rock to try and sell more beer? I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, I would agree with you on that. The whole thing is ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. The whole thing is just, it's just you know, and I, I know it made sense to somebody, 
but it absolutely makes no sense to me. Well, the you know the the underlying thought in all of this is um, what's going on in this country, uh, and, and has been going on for a while. And I don't know if it's just you know because we're here and it, it, it's been going on for a long time, but um, there are uh, groups of people who are trying to claim they're more American than than other people. Right. They're, they're, they're trying to show I'm more of an American than you are. Uh, I'm I'm more patriotic than you are. Look at me. Wave my flag. Clearly, I'm more patriotic than you. And this whole sort of I'm more American than you is is so abhorrent to America when yeah. you get right, right, right down to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, America and what an American is somebody who wants to be an American. That's the definition of being an American. Where, uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's give us your tired or huddled masses longing to be free. I mean, you know, that's what this is supposed to be. And that's what I, that's what I love about this country. Uh, but there's some people out there that, that don't want that. And, uh, you know, I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene on 60 Minutes, you know. And by the way, did you watch that interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene on 60 Minutes? I did. I did. Did you find yourself yelling uh, follow-up questions during the broadcast? No. Oh, I, I did. I was at follow-up questions. I mean, you know, the whole idea here of, uh, you know, her wanting to divorce, red states and blue states. I mean, on, on the surface, that's such a ludicrous idea. And to give that any oxygen whatsoever uh, on 60 Minutes, for Leslie Saul to do that, it just blew my mind. Well, I, you know, I, yeah, I guess. But I mean, she's a powerful force in the uh, Republican Party. And oh. I think uh, I mean, and so I think Leslie Stahl pushed back where it was appropriate. Um, you know, she she said, hey, we fact checked you and you did say these things. And then Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene said whatever she said. I mean, at some point you ask the question, she answers it. The answer is what it is. I, don't, you, I mean, it's it's like you want the journalist to somehow I get criticized a lot for why did you let him say that? Well, what are you talking about? I just asked the questions. He answers them. If you don't like the answer, don't blame me. Blame the guy who said it. Yeah, but then you at least follow up with something like, well, that doesn't quite, uh, that isn't really quite an answer to the question, but let's move on. Well, but she, she said that, though. She, she said, we fact-checked you, and you did call out the Parkview shooting or whatever, right? You did say this. You put this on your social media. Well, do you, do you believe your social media? Well, uh, of course I believe my social media, but I don't believe my social media, right? I mean, it's the question that you ask. You can only ask it so many times. I don't know. I, I think Leslie Stahl got beat up for no good reason other than people don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene and took it out on Leslie Stahl. Well, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was it was interesting. I'll say that yeah, I, I, again, though. But that's the. That's the civil war that that's going on within the Republican Party. Um, you know, I mean, it's, you know, Ron DeSantis says Ukraine is a territorial a dispute and he, he has to sort of walk it back because the Republican Party and the establishment goes after him. Donald Trump says it and everybody says, oh, great idea. I mean, I don't it's just like different rules for Donald Trump than from the rest of them. Well, that's part of the problem when people look at themselves as being Republicans or Democrats. Because the reality is we're all Americans. So let's figure this out together. Okay? Right. Whether you, right. Whether you voted for Trump or you think you're transgender. 
you're both Americans. No yeah. one is more American than 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 the next. I mean, Donald Trump is not my guy. I was not a fan of Donald Trump. But at no point in time did I ever say F Donald Trump. At no point in time did I ever say he was not my president. You know, the, the, these people that do this, and it's, it's on both sides. It's on both sides. It's like, look, this is our system is supposed to be this way. You know, and 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 yeah, I mean, what happened yesterday is part of our system. You know, what happened uh, on Tuesday is part of our system where, uh, you know, if you break the law, and there's all sorts of arguments from legal scholars as to whether or not this is a strong or weak case. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know. Um, you, you know, speaking about these transgender people I had on the show, one of them was a Christian conservative who voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> she, I was like, did you vote for Donald Trump? She's like, yeah, I, I voted for him. OK, great. I mean, we're not all right. Not all gay people are liberal. Not all blacks are, are liberal. Not all Christian conservatives are you know, are Republicans, right? I mean, we're all individuals with different thoughts and opinions. There are some people out there, I think, that feel like I need you to agree with me so I feel better with, about my opinions. Right, yeah. You know, and that's it. So it's like, oh, you know, oh, oh, you you think that transgender people have a right to, uh, uh, you know, a right to live? Oh, what are you, some kind of rhino? You know, I mean, it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, this, it's just ludicrous. And, Back to and, we, and we need... We need more people in the middle to speak up on both sides. More people in the middle need to speak up and say, you know what? Can we, can we bring some sanity back to our lives? Well, there's no question we got crazies. We got crazies on the left. Um, but the crazies on the right don't want to acknowledge the crazies on the right. And the crazies on the left don't want to acknowledge their own crazies. So we live in this world where most of us sit in the middle and we're like, you're both insane. Uh, but back to this. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you this now. It's time for some soul searching. And although you don't do this type of show, I didn't really do this type of show as far as, you know, trying to go out there and just say that, you know, all of the other side is bad. We try to be more nuanced and we try to be more um, uh, open to other ideas. But at the same time, when you saw a crazy person out there, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, saying something crazy, a Donald Trump saying something crazy. Look, it's like, oh, I got to address it. I got to talk about this on my radio program because it'll be good radio. Um, Because it's easier to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene being a nut job than it is to talk about, uh, you know, lowering your property taxes uh, a bill level. Well, hold on. You know, I don't know if talking about Donald Trump is good for your ratings. Well, it was a one time. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't know if talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene because you can't. You can't please anybody. You. You. Right. You. You. You alienate half of your audience if you talk about Donald Trump. The either the either somebody wants you constantly bashing him or not bashing him. So if you take a nuanced approach to Donald Trump, you're actually upsetting both sides. So I'm not so sure that works. Um, you know, KTRS gives us the freedom to sort of be normal. So we don't play under those rules. We play under different rules. Yeah. So we don't really care about ratings. So I don't know. It's a, it's a good question, but I'm not. So I have heard big time program directors from major companies say, don't talk politics because it's a loser. Um, and then, well, and then their ratings tank also. So, I mean, there's, there's no, 
there's no one knows no one knows what to talk about. No one knows how to do this. There's no there's no playbook for every program director tells you to talk Trump. The other, I can find you six others who say don't. So nobody knows what to do. Okay, as we get ready to wrap this up, uh, and since we're talking about talk radio and we're talking about politics, the left and the right, I will let you finish up the program today, McGraw, by uh, going and uh, relating the story that we were both there in the room. We saw it when um, Al Franken and G. Gordon Liddy came together. I love this story. This is and a there, great story. This is a, this is a great story, and this is what America should be. So G. Gordon Liddy, who spent time in jail for the Watergate uh, scandal, um, you could call him the, what, Paul Manafort of the Watergate scandal. Um, Al Franken was a talk show host at the time, before he was senator, and we were at the Talkers Convention in uh, New York, and Al Franken won the Free Speech Award. And so he gets up in this room full of radio talk show hosts, which Most are 90% them, conservative. 90% of them are conservative. 90% of them believe in freedom of speech and by golly, uh, the government shouldn't infringe on your rights and right, big, big libertarians, big conservatives. And so Al Franken gets up to give his speech after winning the free speech award. And he starts getting heckled and he starts getting booed and the boos get louder and the heckles get more. And it gets almost to the point where it's kind of embarrassing while this man's trying to give a speech. And Al Franken, who doesn't get rattled, was kind of like, are, are, kind of rattled in a sense. Like, are you guys heckling me? Really? Because if, if you recall, if you recall, Al Franken was telling a very touching story about uh, going and entertaining the troops. Yes. And, and entertaining the troops and talking about, you know, going to the hospitals and seeing these men in the hospital and everything. So he's telling a very emotional, touching story about him being, you know, going out there and, and entertaining the troops. In which liberals or conservatives should be appreciative of and yes. hearing about. Right. And so finally, G. Gordon, it was like you, me and G. Gordon Liddy were like right next to each other. And G. Gordon Liddy walks up, stands up on the um not the podium, but yeah, the 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 podium. Yeah, the puts stage, his, yeah. Puts his arm around Al puts his arm around Al Franken and says, This man just won the Freedom of Speech Award. Shut up and let him speak. And with that, you and me and everyone looked at us with scorn and Al Franken finished his speech. Yeah, yeah. But it was here it was a guy that quite honestly, Al Franken and G. Gordon Liddy probably didn't have a lot in common. Right. They at least respected their right to their views and expressing their views. And and there were people on there that, you know, on, on the right that wanted to shut him up because they didn't agree with Al Franken. And, and, right. And, and you got to get to a point where you find, okay, I disagree with you on this, but we agree on this other thing. We're all Americans. Let's try to figure this out. Right. And that's, and that's the challenge. And that's how we're going to wrap up this edition of Beck and Milhaven. Just saying... I am Tom Becker. And I love Tucson, McGraw Millhaven. Bye bye. A Huda Media Production.